This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of embryology from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. In this discussion of embryology, we will primarily focus on limb development as well as spine and spinal cord development. We'll start with limb development. So as a brief overview, the appendicular system forms between four to eight weeks of gestation. Limb bud development appears to be under the control of fibroblast growth factors, or FGFs. An enlargement of the limb bud is due to the interaction between the apical ectodermal ridge and the mesodermal cells in the progress zone. Limb development is first identifiable by transvaginal ultrasound at eight weeks. As far as the steps of limb development, the first step is that the notochord expresses the sonic hedgehog gene, and sonic hedgehog regulates the limb bud formation and the limb bud is a combination of the lateral plate mesoderm and the somatic mesoderm. The limb bud then grows outwards into the ectoderm, and this is called the apical ectodermal ridge. The limb bud forms at embryonic stage 12, which is 26 days after fertilization. Next, the mesenchyme condenses into the preskeletal blastema at the core of the limb bud. Contrification occurs where the mesenchyme differentiates into chondrocytes. All upper limb bones are endochondral except the distal part of the distal phalanges, which are membranous. Chondrification occurs from proximal, that is, the humerus, 36 days after fertilization, to distal, that is, the distal phalanges, 50 days after fertilization. Factors required for chondrification include transcription factors SOX5, SOX6, and SOX9, and the transforming growth factor superfamily, that is, TGF-beta and BMP2, and also the FGF family, where receptor mutation leads to acrocephalosyndactyly, otherwise known as Apert syndrome. Patients with severe craniofacial features have mild hand syndactyly, and this corresponds to a gain of function in the FGFR2 gene, which has an affinity for FGF2 expressed in the craniofacial area. Patients with mild craniofacial features have severe hand syndactyly, and this corresponds to a loss of function in the FGFR2 gene, which has specificity for FGF2, and is now able to bind to FGF10, which is more expressed in the hands. Other factors that can affect the FGF family include retinoids, hedgehog gene products, PTHRP, cadherins, WINT5A, and WINT7A. Formation of joints requires repression of chondrogenesis at sites of future joints. Proteins involved include WINT4, WINT14, growth and differentiation factor 5, also known as cartilage-derived morphogenic protein 1. The shoulder interzone appears at 36 days, and the hand interzone appears at 47 days. With respect to finger separation, digital rays are evident within the hand paddle at embryo stage 17, which corresponds to an intrauterine age of 41 days. Interdigital mesenchyme cells undergo programmed cell death from embryo stage 19 to 22, which corresponds to an intrauterine age of 47 to 54 days. Transcription factor MSX2 is expressed in the interdigital mesenchyme, which regulates the BMP4-mediated programmed cell death pathway. Transcription factor HOC7 is also expressed in interdigital zones. As far as limb patterning, with respect to proximo-distal patterning, the first signaling center to appear is the apical ectodermal ridge, which controls proximal to distal growth, and forms under FGF10 stimulation. Removal-slash-defect in the apical ectodermal ridge results in proximal limb truncation. An example of this is a central deficiency, like cleft hand. Another example is radial club hand, radial dysplasia, or absence of a radius. FGFs expressed in the apical ectodermal ridge include FGF4, FGF8, FGF9, and FGF17. 
FGF8 is expressed earliest and is obligatory for normal limb development. FGF4, 9, and 17 are redundant. Keep in mind that disrupted FGF signaling leads to arrested limb development. As far as anteroposterior or radio-ulnar limb growth, ulnar is posterior and radial is anterior. The second signaling center to appear is the ZPA or zone of polarizing activity along the posterior limb bud. Grafting the zone of polarizing activity on the anterior limb margin leads to mirror image digit duplication, for example ulnar dimalia or mirror hand. The signaling molecule for anteroposterior limb growth is the sonic hedgehog compound and it is dose dependent. Normally you will have a high concentration of sonic hedgehog on the posterior or ulnar side for small finger development. And you will have a low concentration of sonic hedgehog on the anterior or radial side for thumb development. As far as posterior-slash-ulnar side abnormalities, abnormal upregulation of sonic hedgehog in the zone of polarizing activity results in polydactyly on the ulnar or posterior side, and the extent of the duplication is dose-dependent, meaning higher doses leads to more replication. Downregulation of sonic hedgehog on the posterior-slash-ulnar side leads to loss of ulnar digits. And as far as anterior-slash-radial side abnormalities, Abnormal upregulation of sonic hedgehog in the anterior aspect of the limb bud, where sonic hedgehog concentration is supposed to be low, leads to loss of the thumb. As far as timing, posterior elements, like the little finger and the ulna, are formed early prior to the anterior elements, which are formed late, like the radius and the thumb. Disruption of the AP patterning will result in loss of later forming elements, like the radius and the thumb. As far as the dorsal-ventral axis, the third signaling center is non-apical ectodermal ridge limb ectoderm slash wind signaling center, otherwise known as the progress zone, or PZ. Dorsal limb ectoderm expresses wind 7 a which activates LMX1B, or limb homeodomain factor, to regulate dorsal patterning. wind 7 a is responsible for all dorsal features, including nails. The ventral ectoderm expresses EN1, or engrailed 1 protein, which is antagonistic to WIN7A, and so it inhibits WIN7A and restricts it to the dorsal ectoderm. The expression of the engrailed 1 protein by the ventral ectoderm allows ventral limb development. Key genes to know include the sonic hedgehog genes, Hox genes, and WINT genes like WIN7A. The sonic hedgehog genes are secreted by the zone of polarizing activity, and they are involved with Hox gene expression. With respect to anterior-posterior or radio-ulnar growth, the anterior or radial mesoderm expresses ALX4, and the posterior or ulnar mesoderm expresses HOX8. The concentration gradient of sonic hedgehog dictates formation of the digits. The little finger develops where there is highest sonic hedgehog concentration, while the thumb develops where there is lowest sonic hedgehog concentration. Keep in mind that sonic hedgehog activates gremlin, which inhibits BMPs that would otherwise block FGF expression in the apical ectodermal ridge. The Hox genes are responsible for anterior-posterior or radio-ulnar patterning, together with sonic hedgehog. The Hox genes regulate somatization of the axioskeleton, essentially patterning digit formation. Wnt genes like Wnt7a are expressed in the dorsal, non-apical ectodermal ridge ectoderm, otherwise known as the Wnt signaling center, and this is responsible for dorsal ventral growth. With respect to mutations, removal of the apical ectodermal ridge will cause a truncated limb. Duplication of the zone of polarizing activity will cause a mirror image duplication of the limb. Now, let's quickly review the key genes slash regions. In the apical ectodermal ridge, FGF8 is dominant, 
also FGF4, 9, and 17, which are redundant, and this region regulates proximal to distal growth and interdigital necrosis. The zone of polarizing activity expresses sonic hedgehog, and this region regulates anterior-posterior, aka radio-ulnar growth. The dorsal non-apical ectodermal ridge expresses WINT7A that activates LMX1B, which regulates dorsal patterning, and overall, this region regulates dorsoventral growth. The ventral non-apical ectodermal ridge expresses EN1, which is antagonistic to WINT7A and subsequently regulates ventral patterning, and overall, this region also regulates dorsoventral growth. Okay, now let's quickly review spine and spinal cord development. The spinal column originates from pairs of mesodermal structures known as somites. Somites develop in a cranial to caudal direction on either side of the notochord and neural tube. This process is dependent on the presence of the paraxis gene. Somite layers include the sclerotome, myotome, and dermatome. The sclerotome layer will become the vertebral bodies and annulus fibrosis. The myotome will lead to myoblasts, and the dermatome becomes the skin. Dorsal ventral patterning of the neural tube is determined by counteracting activities of sonic hedgehog, which is in the floor plate and the notochord ventrally, and the canonical Wnt-slash-beta-catenin pathway, which is in the roof plate dorsally. The metameric shift phenomenon is the phenomenon of how the spinal nerves, which originally ran in the center of the sclerotome, exit between the two vertebral bodies at each level. With respect to the progression, the neural crest forms the peripheral nervous system, pia mater, spinal ganglia, and sympathetic trunk. The neural tube forms the spinal cord, and the notochord forms the anterior vertebral bodies and nucleus pulposus. With respect to the ossification centers, the vertebra have three primary ossification centers. The centrum, which corresponds to the anterior vertebral body, the neural arch, which corresponds to the posterior elements, pedicles, and small portion of the anterior vertebra, and finally the costal element, which corresponds to the anterior part of the lateral mass, transverse process, or the rib. And lastly, with respect to the intervertebral disc, the nucleus pulposus forms from the notochord, and the annulus fibrosus forms from the sclerotome. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. In terms of fetal limb bud development, which of the following is true? And the choices are 1. Limb bud develops at 6 weeks and are first able to be visualized by a transvaginal ultrasound at 12 weeks. 2. Limb bud develops at 4 weeks and are first able to be visualized by a transvaginal ultrasound at 12 weeks. 3. Limb bud develops at 4 weeks and are first able to be visualized by a transvaginal ultrasound at 8 weeks. 4. Limb bud develops at 4 weeks and are first able to be visualized by a transabdominal ultrasound at 8 weeks and 5. Limb bud develops at 6 weeks and are first able to be visualized by a transvaginal ultrasound at 8 weeks. The correct answer to this question is 3. Limb bud develops at 4 weeks and are first able to be visualized by transvaginal ultrasound at 8 weeks. So in a developing fetus, limb buds form at 26 days. The development of the limb is guided by a complex interaction of gene transcription factors and regulatory loops. The most important genes in limb development are sonic hedgehog, Hox genes, and Wnt genes. Ultrasound evaluation is increasingly being utilized to diagnose and guide treatment for developmental anomalies of a fetus. The limb buds of the fetus can first be seen at 8 weeks of gestation. Krakow et al. reported on the prenatal diagnosis of fetal developmental dysplasias. 
They found that differentiating these disorders in the prenatal period can be challenging because they are rare and because many of the ultrasound findings are not necessarily pathognomonic for a specific disorder. Achen et al. authored a review on prenatal diagnosis of musculoskeletal conditions. They note that ultrasonography is a safe and cost-effective tool used to prenatally detect common musculoskeletal conditions such as clubfoot, skeletal dysplasias, limb length discrepancies, spinal abnormalities, as well as hand and other upper extremity deformities. Moving on to the next question. A researcher experimenting with limb patterning removes some tissue from one part of the limb bud, which we shall call site A, and transplants it along the anteroposterior or AP axis to create a mirror hand duplication. Which of the following is true? And the choices are 1. Site A is the apical ectodermal ridge, and site A tissue expresses sonic hedgehog protein. 2. Site A is the apical ectodermal ridge, and site A tissue expresses FGF8. Answer 3. Site A is the zone of polarizing activity, and site A tissue expresses sonic hedgehog protein. 4. Site A is the zone of polarizing activity, and site A tissue expresses FGF8 protein. And 5. Site A is non-apical ectodermal ridge ectoderm, and site A tissue expresses WINT7A. The correct answer to this question is 3. Site A is the zone of polarizing activity, or ZPA, and site A tissue expresses sonic hedgehog protein. So the zone of polarizing activity is located on the posterior or ulnar margin of the limb bud. It expresses sonic hedgehog protein. When tissue from the zone of polarizing activity is added to the anterior or radial margin of the limb bud, ulnar dimalia or mirror hand duplication occurs. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, site A is the apical ectodermal ridge and site A tissue expresses sonic hedgehog protein, and site 2, site A is the apical ectodermal ridge and site A tissue expresses FGF8 are both incorrect as site A is the zone of polarizing activity, and keep in mind that the apical ectodermal ridge controls proximal to distal patterning. Answer 4, site A is the zone of polarizing activity, and site A tissue expresses FGF8 protein, is incorrect, as the zone of polarizing activity expresses sonic hedgehog. The apical ectodermal ridge expresses FGF8. Finally, answer 5, site A is non-apical ectodermal ridge ectoderm, and site A tissue expresses WIN7A is incorrect, as non-apical ectodermal ridge ectoderm controls dorsal-ventral patterning. Dorsal tissue expresses WIN7A, and ventral tissue expresses EN1 protein. To quickly review, the zone of polarizing activity controls AP or radial ulnar growth. The signaling molecule is sonic hedgehog, which is dose-dependent. Higher sonic hedgehog doses lead to posterior or ulnar digits ulnar-sided polydactyly. The extent of duplication is dose-dependent, that is a higher dose equals more replication. Reduced sonic hedgehog leads to loss of digits. Posterior elements, like the little finger slash ulna, are formed early, prior to anterior elements, which are formed late, that is the radius slash thumb. Disruption of AP patterning will result in loss of later forming elements, like the radius slash thumb. Al-Khattan et al. reviewed embryology of the upper limb. They summarized that embryology of the upper limb can be viewed in two distinct ways the steps of limb development, and the way that the limb is patterned along its three spatial axes. Cell signaling plays a major role in regulating growth and patterning of the vertebrae limbs. Signaling cell dysfunction results in congenital differences according to the affected signaling axis. And moving on to the final question, abnormal duplication of the zone of polarizing activity may lead to which of the following deformities? 
and the choices are 1, mirror hand deformity, 2, preaxial polydactyly, 3, postaxial polydactyly, 4, syndactyly, and 5, hypoplastic thumb. The correct answer to this question is 1, mirror hand deformity. So a mirror hand deformity is known to be caused by abnormal duplication of the zone of polarizing activity. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, preaxial polydactyly or a duplicated thumb is incorrect as preaxial polydactyly is a sporadic mutation not known to be caused by abnormal development of a specific area of the limb bud. It is often associated with syndromes such as Holt-Oram, Fanconi's anemia, and others. Answer 3, postaxial polydactyly, or a duplicated small finger, is incorrect, as this is most commonly seen in African Americans who inherit it in an autosomal dominant fashion. In Caucasians, the genetic cause is typically more complex and a full genetic workup is needed. Answer 4, syndactyly, is incorrect, as syndactyly is a failure of apoptosis that can have varying causes. Autosomal dominant inheritance has been described, along with associations to syndromes such as Poland syndrome, Apert syndrome, and others. Finally, answer 5, hypoplastic thumb is incorrect, as the cause of hypoplastic thumb is unclear, but may be associated with numerous syndromes including Bacterel, Holtorum, thrombocytopenia absent radius or TAR, and Fanconi's anemia. To quickly review, during embryologic development, the limb bud has several defined regions. Two important regions are the apical ectodermal ridge and the zone of polarizing activity. The apical ectodermal ridge controls longitudinal growth. Abnormal development or loss of the apical ectodermal ridge will lead to a truncated limb. The exact deformity depends on when in development the apical ectodermal ridge was affected. The zone of polarizing activity acts via the sonic hedgehog pathway to control anterior, posterior, and radio-ulnar growth. Mansky et al. provide a review of the embryologic development of the upper extremity and classify various congenital differences. Classifications include failure of formation, failure of differentiation, duplication, overgrowth, undergrowth, constriction band syndrome, and generalized skeletal abnormalities. That's all for this review about embryology. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.